day, everyone, and welcome to Detroit Today on 1019 WDET. I'm Stephen Henderson, and as always, I'm really glad you've decided to join us. So the process of redrawing Michigan's political maps is underway as we speak. In 2018, of course, Michigan voters approved a ballot proposal that completely overhauled that process. It took it away from politicians who stand to gain or lose from how those lines are drawn. And because of that, they have almost always drawn those lines with heavy political considerations in mind. And now, though, that process is handed over to a new independent commission. Now the Michigan Independent Citizens Redistricting Commission is traveling all around the state holding public meetings to collect public input before they start drawing new maps. Tonight, the commission is going to hold its second public meeting here in Detroit at TCF Center, formerly Cobo Hall, from 5 to 8 p.m. They're going to hear from residents about what they want to see with new district maps. Here to talk about these meetings this new process and a bit about who they are are two members of Michigan's new redistricting commission. Brittany Kellum is a member and chairperson of the Michigan Independent Citizens Redistricting Commission. She is a Democrat from Detroit. Brittany, welcome to Detroit Today. Thank you so much. Hello. How are you? Hi, I'm great. It's great to have you here with us. Uh, and Rebecca Zatella is commissioner, commissioner and vice chair of the Michigan Independent Citizens Redistricting Commission. She's an independent from Canton. We are still trying to get her on the phone, so she will join us in a little bit. But we are going to start off with Brittany. Um, uh, Brittany, just introduce yourself to our listeners and give us some background on who you are and what led you to decide that uh, this was what you wanted to do? What, what caught your eye about the redistricting commission? So my name is Brittany Kellum, as you introduced me, and I'm a native Detroiter. I am an entrepreneur that um, the nonprofit for, for trauma-informed practices, as well as a consulting um, wing of that. So I'm a trauma practitioner. My day job is all things <laughs> mental health and, and wellness as, as it comes to that. So I come to this as truly, you know, as I say, like a regular, regular um, citizen, but one who for a long time has been invested in underserved communities, invested in um, everyday citizens getting a voice and feeling empowered and um, I am committed to, to the transformation of folks feeling more trusting in the process of having their voice heard and being able to see a voting process where they feel that they are reflected in. So I came truly as a, a random citizen because <laughs> we were picked randomly. Mm -hmm. um, and I applied because I wanted to be a part of a process that I truly feel is um, historical and groundbreaking. And and they've elected you chair. And is is that how that worked, that uh, members of the commission chose uh, the person to be the chair? You are correct. Yeah. We choose among the body um, who gets to be chair and vice chair. And we rotate every six months. I started off as the vice chair, and I'm currently the chair with Commissioner um, Zatella as the vice chair for the commission currently. And and talk about what that means, leading the commission's work. Uh, that's got to be different than just being a member. 
it is it is a little different. I think especially as we have been moving into these public hearings that are successful, it means that not only am I facilitating the meeting and making sure that to the best of my ability, again, coming into this green from that from that aspect that the meetings are pro productive, but it also means that, um, you know, you're kind of spearheading this pulse that's meant to bring folks together um, educate them and kind of leave them with the task of helping us to to redraw the map. So I can't doesn't mean that I'm bossy <laughs> or a leader because I don't identify <laughs> with um, that 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 end of it. But I do take it seriously that um, my peers have selected me to be the chair and to do to do the job well. Mm. So so talk about the experience so far. I mean, you guys are just really getting started with the the work itself which is mm -hmm. you know redrawing uh, these lines but but uh, what have you guys been doing I guess uh, while you've while you've been together and and what what kind of discussions I guess uh, have you been having right so all of our meetings are live stream everything that we do is pretty much in the public eye and for good reason right that's the whole point of um, why 61% of Michigan voters voted for us. So, mm -hmm. you know, since we started in September, we hit the ground running, doing a lot of hiring, our general counsel, our executive director, getting folks to do the community and outreach piece. And then we, um, in the midst of that though, doing a lot of continuing education, right? Because we are regular citizens, we're not elected officials. So getting us um, acclimated to the process of redistricting, what does the mapping software look like? What are, our, what are our options? Basically, we've been in a huge information take, just being dumped with um, ways to make the process successful, all while having not drawn any maps because that is not the process. Um, the process is to listen to the public, being that that's one of our criterion um, to make sure that we're getting those community of interest, to make sure that we're getting folks involved. And then there's a lot of discussion, a lot of passionate discussion, but we are agreeable folks. We get along with each other. So we've been able to make some tough and important decisions, but do it amicably. And now we're in the part which I enjoy most, and that's traveling all over Michigan, getting to know the places um, that we'll need to know when we're looking at the map to make those decisions for the districts. Hmm. And I'm curious about how this all kind of strikes you. <laughs> most most of us don't sit around and think about communities of interest and how they interact with political lines. Most of us don't think about the really complex kinds of uh, demography uh, and and other sciences that go into these kinds of uh, decisions. Uh, has it been tough? Has it been sort of drinking from a fire hose, I guess, to try to, <laughs> to try to keep up with, with what's going on? I mean, uh, you know, politicians, for better or for worse, are, mm -hmm. are kind of bathed in this process, right? I mean, this is their, mm -hmm. this is their livelihood. Uh, citizens don't always have uh, all of that experience. Yeah, I think, I think you're right. I think um, it is a lot. I think it is um, overwhelming in a sense. I think, um, you know, I'm a person that's always going to be honest. So it would be silly for me to sit here and say that, and I, I will speak for myself, but as a commission, like clearly we haven't done this before. 
I think what makes a difference is that we have, you know, it's 13 of us and they are very intentional, whatever we need to make this successful. Um, there are so many folks that are, that can, that are, that, that are at our reach, right. To get support. So I think on the other end though, um, I'm a person that enjoys pace. And the, the point of this process is not that it's going to be done perfectly. Remember, this is the first time that we're doing this. Mm -hmm. I think it's a window of opportunity. It opens the door to have very real and honest um, discussions for what change and um, newness looks like for people. So we are truly doing our best and not moving ahead of the curve and, li and listening very seriously to those that come to educate us, but feeling empowered to do the work ourselves. Um, and I think that that makes a difference. That makes things a little bit more calm hmm. so that it doesn't <laughs> feel like it's it's so daunting. And we don't have to get it right the first time, right? We, we, we draft um, some maps and then we have the input and then um, we do it again. And I know that sounds very easy, easier said than done, <laughs> but I think it's a process that speaks to the te testament that we, you know, we want to do it right and we want to do it in a way that makes um, many people happy, not yeah. all. Yeah. Uh, I'm talking with Brittany Kellum. She's a member and the chairperson of the Michigan Independent Citizens Redistricting Commission. She is a Democrat from here in Detroit. Uh, we're talking about the commission's work. Uh, in 2018, Michigan voters went to the polls and decided that we were going to take away the process of political line drawing from the politicians that we elect to office for decades. They have controlled that process and drawn those lines to favor themselves, really, uh, to favor their political parties or to favor uh, their incumbency in uh, the seats that they were in. Uh, we decided two years, three years ago now, uh, that uh, we would do it differently, that we would hand this process over to ordinary citizens, ordinary citizens uh, of a broad range of political backgrounds and geographic uh, locations here in the state, and let them decide what those lines ought to look like. They're in the middle of that process right now. They are here in Detroit this week, in fact, holding public hearings uh, to hear from ordinary other ordinary citizens, I guess, about what they would prioritize in this process. Uh, we'd love to hear from you during the conversation as well. What questions do you have for the Independent Citizens Redistricting Commission here in Michigan? Do you think our current political maps are fair, or are you expecting that uh, we'll change them uh, to be much fairer? in this process. Uh, do you want to see districts that look more like squares than the really squiggly lines that uh, that uh, politicians have come up with uh, for years here in Michigan to try to uh, advantage one party over another? Um, or do you think that uh, that process maybe served us better than what we're going to have right now? Uh, as always, the number here on the phones is 313-577-1019. That's 313-577-1019. You can also go to the WDET Facebook page, put comments there, or go to Twitter and hashtag Detroit Today, and uh, we'll work you into the conversation uh, that way. Also, would love to hear from folks who have already gone to one of the public hearings here in Detroit. I heard there was really great turnout uh, one a few days ago. 200 people uh, or more showed up to talk about uh, this political uh, line drawing. If you were if you were there, give me a sense of why you went. Give me a sense of what you learned and what you heard. 
uh, and what you're expecting from uh, from the commission as they they continue to to figure out what the political lines ought to look like for the next 10 years here in in the state of Michigan. And again, 313-577-1019 is the number here on the phones. I also want to welcome another voice to the conversation. Uh, Edward Woods III is the Communications and Outreach Director for the Michigan Independent Citizens Redistricting Commission. Uh, Edward, welcome to Detroit Today. Oh, thank you so much for having me. I'm honored to be here. I'm promoting the outstanding and stellar work of our commission, and it's always good to be a tag team with our great chair, Bruce yeah. <laughs> yeah. So, uh, Edward, I-, I wonder if you can give us a sense of uh, these public hearings. Like I said, we're, we're, we're having them in Detroit this week. You guys are going all over the state, though. To hear from uh, to hear from citizens, what what is it that you uh, that the commission expects to to learn from other ordinary citizens about what they're doing? Well, you know, this is like a a, a great opportunity when you think about civics class. When you think of government for the people, by the people, um, before the commission can draw any lines, they have to hear um, directly from citizens, and this public hearing tour that we're doing, you know, the commission elected to do 16 instead of the constitutionally mandated of 10 to actually hear from residents. When we did a um, statewide survey by the Glenn Gariff Group, we realized that only 25 percent of Michigan um, residents knew about the new redistricting process. Mm. But in that survey, we also understood that people, what they like about the new redistricting process is map fairness and said, So instead of politicians drawing the lines, actual citizens, just like you, just like me, are part of this commission, um, are are there to do it so maps can be fair, not gerrymandered. And then the second thing is they really like to hear about public feedback. They like the idea that they could come and suggest about the state house and how those 110 districts can be drawn how the 38 Senate districts can be drawn, how the 13 congressional districts can be drawn. But most importantly, because Michigan is the only state in the country where communities of interest, which deals with historical characteristics, which deals with cultural characteristics or economic interests, you know, these are very big and ambiguous terms, but they can be art districts, waterfront communities, ethnic communities, religious communities. Um, downtown development authorities and all these other um, types of communities of interest, they have the opportunity to say, you know what, you need to keep us together instead of splitting us apart to meet your part to meet your partisan gains. Hmm. All of this is now eliminated with this um, commission. And everything is done open and transparent. Everything, whether you can be there live for the meeting or whether you watch it on live stream, this is the most open transparent process for redistricting in the history of the state of Michigan. So this is just some exciting times um, to be a part of democracy, Mm -hmm. to be a part of change. And as we say, hashtag show up and speak up and tell the commission how to draw the lines and protect your community of interest. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. We're going to take a quick break. And when we come back, we are going to continue this conversation about the Independent Citizens Redistricting Commission here in Michigan, what work they're doing, uh, the opportunity that you have as a Detroiter to get out and talk with the commission uh, this week here in the in the city of Detroit. Uh, we also want to continue to hear from you on the phones and on social media. 
Let us know what you think about this work, what you think about the political maps that we live with now, the ones that you expect to see come out of the commission that we'll live with for the next 10 years. Uh, also, let us know if you have attended one of these hearings uh, or if you're maybe planning to go to the hearing tonight at TCF uh, from uh, 5 to 8 p.m. Uh, 313-577-1019 is the number here on the phones. at 313-577-1019. You can also get at us on social media and we'll include you in the conversation that way. We'll be right back with more Detroit Today. This is Detroit Today on 1019 WDET. I'm Stephen Henderson. And as always, thanks for joining us. We're talking with Brittany Kellum, who is a member and the chairperson of the Michigan Independent Citizens Redistricting Commission. She's a Democrat from here in Detroit. Also with us is Edward Woods III. He is the communications and outreach director for the Michigan Independent Citizens Redistricting Commission. Uh, we're talking about the commission's work, which is well underway. Also the hearings that they're holding here in the city of Detroit this week. You have an opportunity Today, uh, from 5 to 8 p.m. at TCF Center, formerly Cobo Hall, uh, to go and talk with the commission about its work, uh, raise the issues that uh, that matter to you. What priorities would you like them to focus on? What kinds of things do you want them taking into uh, consideration as they draw what will be the political lines here for the next uh, 10 years. As always, the number here on the phones is 313-577-1019. That's 313-577-1019. You can also go to Facebook or Twitter, and uh, we'll try to work you into the conversation that way. Let's start with Jack in Dexter. Jack, what's on your mind? Hi. Good morning. Mm -hmm. Um, So I... Congratulations to the committee. I just really uh, love what you guys are going to do. And my question is, why would we not simply draw squares? You know, just a community (laughs) votes for somebody to represent their community. And I understand that uh, maybe within the community it may not be diverse population, but the representatives would all be diverse. So. That's my question. Why, yeah. Why wouldn't we do it? Then? Right. Uh, Jack, I, I, I am absolutely in league with you here with that with that question. I, I love that question because I think uh, when you look at uh, when you look at the map, it, it seems like, uh, you know, even just going by county borders uh, to try to draw the lines might work, at least on the congressional level. Um, and uh, I'm not sure if you'll remember but about 10 years ago, um, Michigan, Michigan Secretary of State Jocelyn Benson, who was not the Secretary of State at the time, um, ran a contest for, uh, for people to try to draw uh, maps differently than the politicians do. And the one that won, is, in my memory at least, was pretty close to, uh, was pretty close to just, just squares. Um, so, uh, so Brittany Kellum, tell us, as a member and as the chairperson of the Redistricting Commission, why isn't your work just that easy? Just sit down and draw some squares and, uh, and you're done. <laughs> well, I think 
<laughs> seeing how things have 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 been historically that shows why work is not that easy but <laughs> there are a lot of different as we're learning there are a lot of different factors and data that um goes into like remapping or mapping in general so i think this this chance that we have as a commission gives us the opportunity to to take those things into serious consideration and to actually when folks come up and choose to address the commission to take those suggestions, you know, individually and make them cumulative and draw something that gets a little bit closer to folks getting that representation. Because um, again, I understand the line of thinking. However, that doesn't guarantee that you'll have those representatives that um, that give that that fair representation just because we're we're drawing these square lines that could chunk out <laughs> areas that want to be included or include things that um, aren't typically relevant to the area. So I, I think that's that's where we're going when we think about you know do we just draw squares because we just have to make sure that that makes sense for um, the districts and, and and what that could mean after after we, we we draw said square lines but we encourage him to submit that plan for sure on our public comment portal and um to even draw up something if he has an idea of of what those what that shape would look like what that kind of map would look like yeah yeah um that also leads me to to another question about the process uh, politicians always relied very heavily on consultants to help them draw the maps. And there are some people, very, very smart people, who have come up with uh, very inventive ways to deliver certain outcomes, uh, you know, based on demographics and, and communities and, and the law and things like that. You guys are also relying on uh, consultants to help guide the work. Uh, Brittany, can you give me a sense of the role that those consultants are playing and how much influence that they are having over the process? So the consultants have influence in terms of their, they come with the expertise, right? They have the years of experience that is going to get the literal job done, but in terms of how it gets done and what, what data gets focused on as opposed to um, what might take the second seat at the moment, that part is up to us. And when I say us being, you know, the input that we get from public comments, um, the census data, when it comes, those things are going to influence how the consultants work with us. Because again, a little bit differently, we're not just handing the ball over to them and saying, hey, can you, can you give us three great maps? Um, we truly are a body that believes that we want to have as much influence as possible. And so that way they're they're working under our guidance, therefore the, the public and community's guidance to get maps that are reflective of what we've heard. Mm. Uh, you know, I also wonder what the difference is between, so in, in much of the state and, and in at some level of the line drawing, uh, what you're trying to do is respect, you know, communities of interest is what they what they say in the in the process. Uh, in most people's minds, I think that means, for instance, you know, if I live in if I lived in Oak Park, um, you know, everyone else in Oak Park might be in the same district as me as much as 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 possible. But I wonder what that process looks like in a city like Detroit, where it's one city. But it's it's made up of so many different communities with so many different interests. Uh, are you are you able to 
try to identify, I guess, first of all, but then uh, also respect the idea of communities of interest within cities where lines aren't as formal, uh, but, but they still have great meaning. I would like to think so. Um, recently, when we were in Dearborn, um, as you, um, many people know, the Arab population, is they have no way to identify mm-hmm. that they are mm-hmm. Arab on the census. They have to select white and they don't identify with that. Um, and that was expressed to us. So I think those important conversations where you don't write at the moment as a commission, right, we don't have the ability to create that box for them. But what it does is it creates that moment in our minds where that's something that we have to be cognizant of. Just like when we had folks from Hamtramck, um, many different ethnicities, identities, cultures there, rich in in histories and not all where um, they are um, Native English speakers. So what that means is then that's a, that's another chance that we get to learn about a community inside of a city. And then we think about, as Edward said, um, when we when we get to those maps, we think about those folks that have come and say, hey, you know, this part of Detroit though I'm a Detroiter, means much to me and maybe should not be in this district because this is what I have access to or this is a representative that I am fond of or I don't feel represented in this way. So I think that's where we really do respect and appreciate and rely on the community folks to come out and and tell us about um, their 4-H communities, um, the um, and, and, and other entities that are that are out there that want to have their voice heard. Hmm. Uh, Ed on Twitter asks, how much has the delay in the census data uh, had an effect on the work and the final outcome of the redistricting commission? That's a great so, question. Um, it is a great question, one that we get quite often. <laughs> so we're in arguments to get that delay settled. We want to be able to um, have a a reasonable extension. It's not gonna buy us a lot of time, but just time to do the work and to not feel um, as as rushed. But there is um, preliminary data that we can begin to use or to look at to get some of the work started again. um, And as a reminder, we haven't drawn anything. This is what we like to call our listening tour. We've been doing nothing but intentional listening at these hearings and doing the work that, that when the data does come out, we would be able to act accordingly. So, I mean, we we're in the courts (laughs) hoping (laughs) that we, you know, we get favor, um, because we can't reasonably do the work as it stands, yeah. um, but it, 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 it will get done. We're mandated to do it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, let's go to Gary in Hamtramck. Gary, welcome to the show. Hello, Stephen. Uh, I just had two factual questions, and maybe you covered them and I missed them. One is we're less than 16 months away from the, from the next uh, congressional district uh, election, so... Mm-hmm. When is the deadline? When will the will the will the, does the map have to be drawn by? And with I, thirteen uh, congressional districts in Michigan, is there any mandate in terms of the uh, population from the largest to the smallest? Do they have to be within fifty or hundred thousand of each other? Hmm. And yeah. just the other question was the Republicans have used the Voting Rights Act in the guise of protecting black representation to contort districts and to cram black voters into a single district, as in the 14th district here, where it goes from based largely in, in Detroit 
all the way up to Pontiac. Mm-hmm. Um, I was wondering if the what the the sense sense is of the, about this interpretation of the Voting Rights Act, yeah, and whether that's subject to going to be changed. So, Gary, you win the prize for a most complex question today. <laughs> you had a lot. There's a lot in in everything that you that you asked about. But but let's start with deadlines. Uh, when when does the commission have to finish its work in order for us to to start thinking about candidates and voting for uh, the 2022 election? I can say that our per the Constitution, it's it's due November first. But again, we're asking that we get you know a little bit more time than the November first um, deadline. Mm-hmm. And again, the the census is due by September thirtieth. So we're trying to push everything um, back, and that's why we're in the oral oral arguments for the Supreme. And then the second question, you're right. He had a lot in there. What? (laughs) (laughs) The second question was about the range in size of the of the congressional districts. Uh, How close do they have to be to one another? So that part we we haven't considered as a group yet. We do things, um, you know, as a commission and we don't have those kind of (laughs) side conversations. So we are going by the seven criteria that's been um, laid out. And Edward, I'm sure, can speak more to um, or have something to add to the the question as well. But we haven't started with um, drawing or having those conversations about, you know, the the losing the seat and what kind of impact that's going to have, because obviously we have to redraw the maps regardless of, of that population or shift that's occurred. Right. Right. Uh, And his third question was about the VRA voting rights act and the way it has been used in the past to, in, in Gary's opinion at least, to, to pack black voters uh, into one district instead of uh, spreading them uh, around to, to more districts where they might have more influence over the process. Uh, I guess I would combine that question with the question about going from 14 congressional districts to 13, uh, which is the other thing that you've got to that you've got to do um, uh, with these with these new maps. Talk about the influence of the VRA on that process. Yeah, so I think, um, you know, this is where we get into the conversation that representation matters, especially as you, you hear what seems to be kind of explained as a daunting thing of us, of Michigan losing a seat. But again, my thought on that is, that means that the the district lines have to be redrawn anyway. There's going to be some sort of like expansion, whatever, some sort of movement. And so that goes along with the process that's occurring now. One that um, just in our Tuesday meeting, we had um, a continuing education discussion on race and remapping and redrawing the lines. So the VRA is something that is definitely ingrained in our thought process. We want to make sure that we are not um, kind of re-victimizing those folks that have already felt um, disenfranchised to the best of our ability and really opening up the remapping process in a way where they feel like there's more representation. Um, so it's something that we hire specific people to look out for, something that was in deep consideration when we thought about what type of consultants we were going to hire. So it, it's not something we're just throwing away and saying, man, eh, that doesn't matter. There's no credence to that. That is something that we're very intentional about and um, 
passionately trying to avoid, frankly. Yeah, yeah. Okay, uh, Brittany Callum, uh, member and chair of the Michigan Independent Citizens Redistricting Commission, was really great to have you here uh, to answer questions for our listeners. Thanks so much for coming by. Thank you so much. It was an honor to be here. Yeah, and Edward Woods, the third communications and outreach director for the Redistricting Commission, was great to have you here as well. Thank you for having me. Appreciate it. Okay, we're going to take a break, and when we come back, we're going to take a look at what makes up the societal conditions for revolutionary changes to take hold in our world. I'm going to talk with a University of Michigan history professor who's the author of a new book on this subject. Stay with us for more Detroit Today. Detroit Today. 